and welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Axiel. And I'm Herfy Durfy. And this is Go Mode, a Link to the Past randomizer podcast. I'm always afraid when I say that, that I'm accidentally going to say a Link to the Past randomizer podcast. <laughs> well, you've <laughs> like, randomized uh, the title. It's uh, very appropriate. Yeah. Randomizing the accent that I have as I'm saying the words. Yeah, but fortunately I have not slipped up and done that. And now that I've put it out in the universe, I, I feel safe. You know, I, I should be able to avoid it. So that's good. But anyway, enough about that. How have you guys been? I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a bit uh, since we the last episode we did the, uh, the fun quiz episode we recorded. Uh, a fairly good time ago because of... I think it was uh, November 7th. Yeah, and that's just to, you know, for us us Americans and Thanksgiving to make sure that we got an episode out for you uh, before that, even though uh, I was not around to uh, record an episode. So I'm really happy to be back and talking with you guys. We've got a, an exciting one today. Uh, if you've read the uh, episode description, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so now it's December first. So it's been it's been about three weeks since we had a chance to talk. Uh, I'm curious, what have you guys been up to in terms of ALTTPR? <laughs> well, uh, so Tim, I took your advice and uh, I took a little bit of time away. Um, you know, I haven't haven't played a, a seed in probably about a month. Um, I did some comms for a uh, inverted race uh, right before the. Uh, American Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, that was fun. Um, I had a, a nice uh, co-commentator with me whose name I'm currently forgetting. Um, but yeah, I just <laughs> just have tried to uh, take a little break uh, to make sure I don't get burned out. But uh, now that I'm back home, I'm uh, recording this with you and very much wanting to get back into the swing of things. Awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about the uh, seed that you commentated. There was a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit of a technical issue, right? Oh, yeah. No, it was. Um, you know, I, I have to give a lot of credit to the the, the staff and that I was working with and my co-commentator because my uh, co-commentator stream just for whatever reason the commentary stream wasn't working for him. So he was about eh, thirty seconds or so behind where I was. Uh, which, you know, really, really big credit to him. He tried to do his best, and, and he and I were coordinating, and I was saying, okay, I'll just try to, like, say, like, oh, wow, isn't that great that they found 20 rupees? So <laughs> that he would know what I was, you know, talking about and could kind of go with it. But yeah. uh, hats so, off to him uh, for, for toughing through that, because it was a really challenging commentary for both him and me. Absolutely, and I, and I thought you guys did great. And I just wanted to, let's briefly explain what this issue was because if you have not ever been behind the scenes or commentator race you might not even understand like how could one person be 30 seconds or a minute behind the other person so do you does one of you want to explain like specifically kind of what was happening there and why that was the situation sure i can uh, i can try to take that one um essentially if you're a commentator for any of the link to the past matches or i guess for any of the things that are run on speed gaming or on uh, any of the other channels you get a special commentary stream, which is generally a little bit lower quality than the stream that you see on, uh, you know, the end of the production side on the actual channel. But the upside for that is, is that it's much less uh, behind than the stream that you see when you would just be watching the Speed Gaming channel right now. So uh, basically the commentators can react to things that are happening on the player screens immediately. And uh, it will not be, you know, 30 seconds behind, as Axial just said. But uh, 
If you're having technical issues getting the commentary restream to display, uh, you're kind of stuck with only being able to watch what every other stream viewer sees on the Speed Gaming channel. But of course, that's going to be delayed by a random amount of time, I want to say. Sometimes it's not very much, sometimes it's like 10 or 20 seconds. It can be up to a minute as far as I know. So commentating while your you know, co-commentator sees everything happening in real time, so to speak, while you're behind anywhere from 20 to 60 seconds is uh, quite the challenge, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely a challenge. And don't forget, everybody's 20 minutes behind what actually happened also. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, so it's just also it's so confusing the yeah. timeline of all so, of it. It's like you know? for an example of of how this played out, there was one point uh, where one of the runners was so again. This was an inverted seed, so there's all kinds of different routing versus what normally is going on. But the the runner was, I think, going to <clears throat> you know was going off to check bumper cave, and uh, and then was going to go to it looked like it was going to go to Skull Woods, but then didn't go. And I'm I'm saying, oh, you know, it looks like they're going to Skull Woods. Oh, no, never mind. Here they go. Off they go. And my co-commentator's like, oh, they're going to Skull Woods. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, they're not. <clears throat> About 20 Eventually, seconds later. He, he had to learn, yeah, not mm -hmm. to, like, try to call shots like that, you know? Yeah, so I tried to, again, as I was, and for anybody else who does commentary, this is a, maybe a tip you can put in the back of your mind if somebody does have technical trouble like that i just started to get really descriptive with what i was saying like oh wow mm. you know it looks like they're gonna skip left side swamp here <laughs> um oh they opened up the chest you know at the waterfall room and it was like very specific so that he mm -hmm. knew where they were and could it <clears throat> react appropriately to that or you know if we were trying to have a conversation we tried to keep it at stuff that wasn't based on what room they currently are in like oh okay like where do you where do you think they're gonna go next kind of discussion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well hats off to both of you for being able to pull that off because I, I couldn't imagine trying to do that yeah. I actually was i was commentating a race uh that night <clears throat> that same night actually with uh um uh, a guy we've talked about a few times nepnep uh so he and i had a chance to do some commentary it was in all dungeons and um i had a little bit of a gaffe i was a little embarrassed about um, so I didn't really realize, you know, I've commentated a few times before. This is like my third time commentating, but, um, at one point, uh, NebNeb was actually having some problems too. And I, uh, was just calling it by myself, which is not a big deal. I'm just basically describing what's happening and talking. Um, I was thankful when he got back in though, for sure. But there was one point, it was, it was a pretty weird seat. I'll put a link in the description so people can watch. I don't want to spoil it too much, but there was a point where there was speculation where it had something to do with Ped and Red Cane and what they were going to do next and i was in the middle of talking about that and i happened to look down and i saw both trackers and i saw that neither one of them had the red cane highlighted so i immediately second guessed myself and was like everything i'm saying about them having the red cane is false because they don't have the red cane yet but i literally just watched them pull the red cane from the pet that's what it was i'll just go ahead and spoil it um so like in the middle of talking i'm like oh wait what and i and it's just like this super awkward silence and it just suddenly dawns on me, like, oh, there's like seven or eight hundred people listening to me just like <laughs> stumble all over my words right now, you know? And it was just like, oh man. And then and then and then in chat people are like, wow, what are these what are these commentators smoking? Like they must be so stoned right now. And it's just like, oh man. Just like really, really blew it. But it was a while ago, I'm over it now. But after that, I was like, I just want to take a little bit of time away from all of this, just kind of clear my head and you know. 
we had the holidays too. So I also took a little bit of time off. Um, but I still, even when I was taking the time, time off, took about, did about one seat a week. But so yeah, that happened. And I just like, uh, you know, I, it was embarrassing, but I'm, I'm not going to let it stop me. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to try and do some more. I, I think, you know, it's always, I, I can totally understand where you're coming from because it's always a little bit embarrassing when you're saying something wrong or when you're kind of stumbling over what you want to say or, you know, you, you kind of say something and you're like, yeah, I'm sure they're going to go do this now. And then you realize, oh, wait, they, they're missing like four items to even be right. able to go there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, chat can be helpful. Chat can be very harsh. There's always people <laughs> who know better in chat. So, yeah, I don't want to throw anyone <laughs> under the bus, but... You know, at least you uh, you didn't say what someone said yesterday, which was uh, Ice Palace is in logic without flippers. Uh-oh. So, you know, oops. Say, I mean, just like you said, like that, I mean, I, I think they know that that's not the case. You just like, you know, nerves get to you just like they do when you're racing and you, you know, you make mistakes. So Yeah, it happens yeah. to and- the best of us. Yeah, the really nice thing about this podcast is whenever one of us says something dumb, we can just snip it right out, you know? Yeah, we say we tons of that. dumb stuff that you guys never hear. Oh, yeah, you have no idea. These have, these recording sessions are four hours long. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I've had Tim <laughs> yell at me kidding. a couple of times and then like, Axel, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you never need the blue cane to complete the scene. What? You, God, you're so stupid. Come on, we got to go back and redo that now. Yeah, we'll, we'll re-record entire episodes because of Blue Cane blunders. Yeah, yeah it, it really it really is a slave driver operation in here. I gotta say, it's uh, yeah. It's Temp quite runs a tough, you know, as our audio guy. Temp runs a really really tight ship. Uh, he once made us stop and and completely scrap a, a recording because uh, somebody's uh, you know coughed a little too loud. So uh, I mean. That is the price of high quality. Sorry, guys, you knew what you were signing up for. Uh, any, any, other, uh, any other thoughts about the uh, group rounds before we move on? Um, uh, I was just going to say we're nearing the end of it. That's that's really the most important part, I think. We're nearing the end of the group rounds. It's uh, going to be pretty exciting because by the looks of it, there might be a couple of tiebreakers that we need to schedule and play out. Which, uh, in my opinion, will be very interesting because tiebreakers work in a way where uh, the modes and everything are chosen randomly by the bot, but every person in the tiebreaker gets a veto, so kind of like game threes. But there is also a possibility of having a three-way tiebreaker in some of the groups, I think at least in one of them. Yeah, so, right now in group H, it's a three-way tie for first with everybody having nine points between mm-hmm. Bonta, GFE, and Pika Pals, which... Um, that's uh, that's going to be an exciting thing because uh, those are they've had pretty good records. Um, yeah, definitely. And one of them is going home. And uh, yeah. I, I was jokingly saying yesterday in the admin channel, but with three vetoes, I mean, there's barely anything left if you let them veto three things. What, what is even going to end up happening? I mean, that's obviously a bit of an exaggeration, but. It's, I'm, I'm really curious to see, especially in the three-way tiebreakers, what we end up with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking through, so I'm just looking at the results right now. So group right. M, M is mm-hmm. in uh, mechanical. Uh, so that <laughs> okay. one is actually done because uh, <clears throat> Weighty, World, Weighty Words and Korek uh, have 10 points and 11 points respectively. And their opponents don't, the closest one to them only has three. So they're already eliminated. So that group appears to be done. Um, I actually, th- and then in group P, uh, that one is also complete because there have been so many games played. And 
Ak the Boker and Solsky 12 have both also secured advancement with nine points and seven points respectively. Uh, I pointed out that we had a one, one of the groups was a three-way tie. That was group H as in house. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one result I saw that was uh, a little surprising is uh, our, our good buddy Blaine is leading group G by a, a four-point margin right now over Andy. Um, it, Blaine has 11 points. Andy has seven. So uh, good job there, Blaine. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that's a straight-up upset. If, yeah. if you In any other sport, if you just look at past finishes in tournaments – like that that's an upset like every day of the week so definitely excited to keep watching that one yeah uh, i'm looking to see if there's anybody else who uh you know it's a surprising you know early knockout or uh you know struggling in the groups um, i also i quickly want to take this chance since we're talking about Wayne and andy here uh, i want to give a big shout out to Wayne who uh who you know showed extremely great sportsmanship in his last match versus andy where Unfortunately, Andy's capture card super crapped out in the first 30 minutes, so the, oh, first, no. the first 30 minutes of his VOD were gone. He didn't have anything to be proof-called with, should it come to that. And uh, we admins kind of thought about what to do, and uh, we proposed to Buane, Hey, listen, Buane, um Andy doesn't have the first 30 minutes of his VOD. It, for the tournament rules, as they are currently written, he would have to be disqualified and you would get the win. But uh, we're leaving it completely up to you. You can offer a rematch. You can take the win. There will be no hard feelings whatsoever or whatever you want to do. And he said, hey, listen, Andy won fair and square. I have no suspicions of him doing anything shady in the first 30 minutes or anything. Just let the, just let it stand like it is. Andy won. I'll take the loss. Everything is fine. That is really yeah. good sportsmanship. Hats off to uh, to Wayne for... Uh for being a you know a good sport like that yeah absolutely I, that that's a that's such a cool story and, and i think really exemplifies what i love so much about this community at large um a couple other uh honorable mentions i did want to shout out there are a couple undefeated as of the recording of this episode which is again december 1st willard j bradley uh has 11 wins and zero losses in the games that they've played very impressive. And then also ACMLM um, has scheduled 11 and has 11 wins, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, also, I'm looking really quick, and uh, Kyong92 is 15-0. Yeah. and 0. Yeah, every that single is, one. That yeah, is I so good. Shout out on Twitter. <clears throat> yeah, it, really incredible. So shout outs to those people. And then Gem only has one loss out of 14 games, which is an incredible record. So. Yeah, and I think um, I called one of uh, Kyong's games, so uh, clearly I'm a, a good luck charm. I gotta gotta, <laughs> gotta make sure when the uh, the uh, bracket stage goes, I get some of uh, Kyong's games to, to give him that luck. There you go. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Trying nice. to anything else? Uh, just uh, not really. I mean, I was just gonna say trying to stay as unbiased as possible as I was seeing how I'm an admin, but uh, all the people that you just mentioned, very good friends of mine, Jem, Kyong, Ak. All these guys, so uh, big shout-outs to them doing an amazing job. Yeah, I, I hope everyone understands. You know, we, we kind of really do lives in a certain way. You know, all of us with our involvement with the tournament, we're volunteers. We commentate. We administrate. You know, we, we try to be as, as unbiased as possible when we're commentating, when we're administrating. But here, you know, this is more just the three of us kind of in our opinion. So we will we'll, we'll have some favorites and stuff, but that's... That's just how it goes, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, if if you are out there and saying, "Oh man, Axe, like, what, what about me?" I'm. You are also a really great runner and person. You're a rock star. If, 
Um, I just might not have seen any of your matches and might not have uh, had a chance to watch you play or commentate you. But, uh, you know, I hope you're <clears throat> if you're in the uh, group stage, you're having a good time. And uh, hopefully I will get to watch or commentate one of your matches and then I can become a fan of you, too. Absolutely. And I didn't necessarily intend to talk about this, but I think it's a really good segue. Another thing I really like about this community is how easy it is to be involved, to be active in it. You know, it's not just about being good at the game and racing against other people and, you know, uh, winning tournaments or placing in tournaments. You can also, um, you know, be in the Discord and help people, you know, help out new people that have questions. You can volunteer to track, you can commentate, you can, you know, help with the behind the scenes stuff. So I love how easy it is to, you know, if you want to be a part of this, this community, like we're, we're ready to, you know, we've got a place for you somewhere doing something that you can help contribute and feel like you're you're a part of it, and I, I really like that. Yeah, and they they definitely do have a. There's a big, always a big need for restreamers and trackers. So yeah. you know, if you have, if you're you've got your own Twitch channel and you you know how to set up a, a restream pretty well, you know, hop on over to the AL2TPR tournament Discord and say, hey, I I want to help out do re, you know doing restreams because they're always <clears throat> you know always looking for people who can help out with that and if you're even a new player getting started you can definitely do tracking because tracking is really just hey can you watch and see what items everybody has and mark those off mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah and uh, as you guys were saying we're definitely always looking for volunteers and we're always very appreciative of anyone who wants to help out and who reaches out uh, there's a little bit of an entrance hurdle for pretty much everything except tracking I guess not to you know talk down to the trackers but as you were saying, tracking is a job that... Uh, it's it's kind of like entry level. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of an entry level job. It, it's not, you know, it's not a bad job and stuff, but it's a good way to get into the community and into the volunteer work because you don't have to put yourself out there so much. Of course, you know, as we were saying earlier, Twitch chat, always loving to give trackers, commentators, runners, whoever they can a hard time as soon yeah. as they manage to, but... <laughs> have you guys ever tracked before? I have. I, I, I have not tracked, although I will say that uh, a couple times that I've commentated, um, the tracker has missed something or I've misspoken. And even though chat will give you a hard time, they'll be like, oh, that, that wasn't, you know, Swamp wasn't Bombos, it was Ether. But mm -hmm. they can still be like, hey, no, no, it's it's Ether. Can you, you know, just to let you guys know. And that can be really helpful because you're like, oh, thanks. I just missed that because I was watching the other runner. Thank you for letting us mm -hmm. know. And the tracker can uh, get some questions answered that way. So chat can be helpful is you know don't be scared of them yeah absolutely i mean as as much of a of a bunch of jerks they can be they're also <clears throat> extremely helpful and a good you know i i feel kind of bad calling them a tool but they are sort of a tool especially if you're a tracker because you can just be like hey did anyone catch that map check do you know where the pendants are do you know where the red crystals are blah 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 stuff like that yeah I tracked one time and it's it's stressful. It's it's not the easiest job and you know it's sort of like commentating except a little bit you get you know you don't get an opportunity to be maybe as creative or, or as you know outspoken obviously because you're not on mic but it, you're still just as an important part of the entire restreaming process as, as anything like that tracker is pretty crucial you know to someone who follows this to be able to understand what the heck is going on and why so-and-so is going where they are like none of that makes any sense without the tracker when you're talking about matches that can last two hours and people are going to be dipping in and out of them mm -hmm. you have to have that so um anyway a little bit of a tangent but yeah i think that's good yeah cool 
Okay, well, let's keep things moving because we got to we got to go to Swamp Palace, and that's going to be uh, a bit of a slog. But we got a couple more things to hit first. I wanted to give an update on the Challenge Cup, um, as I mentioned in an edit in the last uh, actual episode that we had. I guess the Palace of Darkness episode. Um, we I was able to reach out to one of the admins, Fajita Knight, and they provided me with a write-up that had some more information on the Challenge Cup. I definitely got some stuff wrong when I was talking about it, and I apologize for that. I said that there's three matches per person. It's actually two matches per person, and then it's done. Um, a couple other things that were outlined in that document, but uh, again, people go check that out if that's something that is of interest to you. Um, I've done, I think, three races. I'm not going to get to all of them, unfortunately. The cutoff is, I think, December 8th, and I would have to do, I think, like five or six races, and it's, it's just not, I'm not going to be able to do that in one week, so... But I will still try to, you know, race as many of the ones as I can. You know, people who do reach out to me and I'm available, I'm going to try to be involved to help them get their records. Um, but it has been cool. It's It's been, you know, it's been my first time playing some variations because of this tournament. And that's kind of the whole point of the main tournament, which this one is trying to sort of replicate in a way. So in that, in that regard, I would say definitely a great experience. You know, I regret that I couldn't see the whole thing through, but I maybe I might have like misunderestimated the total time commitment for that. I'll be honest. It's a it's a, a big time commitment to do all that. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I didn't enter because I knew uh, I had a whole bunch of you know personal life things coming up and was kind of like, well, you know, if I make the main tournament, I'm def- I'll find a way to make it work. But uh, I don't really have as cool as the you know secondary tournament is and what a great idea I think it is. I just don't have the my own time because yeah. life arg <laughs> yeah exactly so anyway i just wanted to mention that real quick it is still ongoing uh in about a week or so we will be into the next round of things and then as you know when you get you know further up in the rounds with these tournaments things get a little spicier so we'll continue to cover that uh as it develops last thing i wanted to mention is there was a recent announcement of another cash tournament involving link to the past randomizer this one was actually the Link to the Past Randomizer Super Metroid Randomizer uh, Combinator. I don't know. What's the official name for this thing? Do either one of you guys know? I think it's just called uh, SMZ3 Rando or something like that. There, Yes, SMZ3. Super Metroid Zelda 3 Randomizer. SMZ3 Rando. So yeah, there's, there's a tournament going on for that. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, this takes aspects of A Link to the Past and Super Metroid and not only randomizes them separately, but then combines them together. So, you know, you could be uh, Samus running around in Norfair and then you open a door and the screen goes black and then it takes you to, um, you know, Desert Palace in Link to the Past. So, and, and even those locations are randomized. So it's it's got a pretty high difficulty uh, access level, I would say. Because um, you have to be pretty familiar with both of those games. It helps that both of those games are maybe two of the greatest games ever made, I would say. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, it, at GDQX, uh, I think it was Andy and Salty Fry did a kind of exhibition playthrough of a, uh, a SMZ3 rando seed. And it was a, a pretty fun one to watch because uh, <laughs> they, they were like, oh, yeah, this, uh, you know, you typically get the, you know, this item, this item, this item pretty early. And, uh it uh, did not quite go the way they were anticipating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did mention that um, on a, in a previous episode that one of those had happened, but yeah, there's a cash tournament going on for that now. 
Um, it's it's not quite as big as the one that was over the summer, but I mean, any time that there's money on the line for playing a link to the past, I think it's worth talking about on this podcast. Uh, so uh, first place for this tournament gets four hundred dollars. Second place gets two hundred. Third place gets one hundred. Fourth place gets fifty dollars. I will not turn down fifty dollars for playing video games if somebody wants to give me that. Um, so it is already underway. Um, there are a few familiar names that you know we've we've seen do well in the fall tournament and past tournaments that also apparently are really good at this this game too. Um, Andy is in the mix. Um, Doctor Bob Tastic's another name that we've seen. Uh, Pika Pals, Nin Taylor, just to name a few. I'm just yeah. kind of looking around. I see Zosti's in there, and, and yeah. Zosti is a oh Zosti, yeah, from uh, in Super Metroid, yeah, an mm-hmm. excellent Super cool. Metroid speedrunner. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome to see. So. Just wanted to give that a shout out, mention that that is going on. Um, okay, let's get down to business. Uh, it's time to take a trip south to the Swamp Palace. Swamp Palace. Um, I like Swamp Palace. I don't know about you guys. Actually, I like it. I'm, I'm kind of, I've kind of been looking forward to this episode ever since we started. Yeah, I don't I mean, mind it so much, and it's definitely uh, a lot more fun to talk about than Pod was. I'm assuming. <laughs> Well, it'll be a lot less confusing, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I actually know what the hell I'm talking about now, which is great. Uh, (laughs) um, Swamp Palace, I get it. I get Swamp Palace. The reason that people don't like it is because it's slow. Uh, It's slow to do. So if you can not do it, that's better than having to do it. But from an execution standpoint, from a routing standpoint, from a strategy standpoint, it's not so hard to wrap your head around. So it's not... I don't mind going there because I feel like I... I, I understand everything that's going on around me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I know what, what you mean. Yeah. So, anyway, let's go ahead and uh, do what we normally do. Uh, one th- <laughs> A quick uh, disambiguation I want to throw in there. This trips up a lot of new runners. Swamp Palace is a different place than Misery Mire. Uh, it's easy to get those names confused, uh, Misery Mire does have a swamp-like setting around it, so it's very understandable that somebody would confuse that and think that Misery Mire is called Swamp Palace. Swamp Palace, you know, almost seems like it should be like the Water Palace in a lot of ways because it's it deals with raising water levels and stuff like that. But Swamp Palace is the one that is south of Link's house. It is the second Crystal Dungeon in Vanilla Alttp. Misery Mire we will be getting to later. That is the sixth Crystal uh, uh, Crystal Dungeon. Um, so just don't get this confused if you're a new runner. This is the one that's south of Link's house in Dark World. So, okay, uh, I'm going to pass it over to one of you gentlemen. Uh, tell us how to get to Swamp Palace. All right. Well, there's a couple of different ways, but I'm going to start with the, what do I want to call this, the most normal way to get there, which is uh, through the south Dark World portal. You were just talking about uh, the Swamp Palace being south of Link's house, and on your way there, you'll come, if you go one screen down and one screen to the left from Link's house, you'll come across a couple of hammer packs. If you hammer those down, you can pick up a little stone, and under that will be a Dark World portal that uh, will get you pretty much straight into the Swamp Palace area. Uh, of course, what you need is uh, what you always need for Dark World access. So, you know, your Moon Pearl, your Titan Smiths, or your Hammer and Gloves, all the stuff that we've covered before. And uh, I think that's the quickest and probably the easiest way to get there. Uh, there's also a chance to get there via the Kakariko portal and a long walk 
through Southeast Dark World. So you walk uh, through Village of Outcasts, go past Stumpy, pick up that big rock there that a lot of people think you need, might need the Titansmiths for because it's so big. But since it's a lighter green, you can pick it up with just the power gloves. And ta-da, off you go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, Axe. Oh, I was just going to say, there's there's one other potential scenario where you could have to go there. Um, and that's if you don't have the hammer, you can take the very, very long route from Aga 1. But um, as we will get to in about 10 seconds, going to Swamp without the hammer is maybe not the best choice. Yeah, it kind of works out in that get uh, the, the things that it takes to get to Swamp Palace without a hammer... Uh, it's difficult to to justify doing that, which is good because you really shouldn't be going without it anyways. <laughs> there, there's only one item you can get if you have the hammer, um, so probably not the best play. I mean, this is randomizer. We say it all the time. It could always happen, but you know, not a particularly smart gamble to go without the hammer. So normally you're going to have the hammer, and as Herf said, you just go south of Link's house. There's that portal right there. As long as you got your power gloves, you can you can you know take that portal and then go right down there. And there's one other item that is absolutely prohibitive. If you do not have it, you are not going to Swamp Palace. And what is that item? Might you be talking about the webbed feet, aka the flippers? I actually wasn't, but that is a <laughs> that is another <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, so there are, as you can tell, there are actually a couple items that are prohibitive. So that's sort of an interesting point about Swamp Palace is it kind of takes a lot of items to get in there. But um, yeah, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. So yeah, you, you have to have the flippers or else you can't even get through the first passageway. Although but I was actually, I was thinking about the mirror. No, um, yeah, of course. I, you need I that even before the flippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did want to say, though, you there is, even though the traditional Swamp Palace galaxy brain meme is uh, going without flippers, Yeah. Uh, with the hit tiles, there now is a very good reason to maybe go in there without flippers, yeah. and that is you can access the hint tile if you don't have flippers. But Yeah, uh, that, that meme actually kind of became a little more true with V30, which is funny. Yeah. Um, I still would not advise going in there just for a hint, if I'm being honest, because it takes a lot of work to get in, which we'll describe here in a second. Uh, I mean, for the Intel, it's not so bad since you're, you know, choosing, especially without the flippers, you're, you absolutely must not flood the, the dam before you go in there. Otherwise, you're kind of cutting yourself off from the Intel as well without flippers. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's, let's do a quick recount. You need either the hammer or the Titan's mitts to get in, right? You need a mirror. You need the flippers. Uh, you're going to need the hammer eventually throughout the dungeon. And if you plan on doing a full clear, you need to also have the hook shot. But like we were talking about with um, Pod and the bow, it it's not maybe it's maybe not a bad idea to go without this one. So you can go without the hook shot and you'll still be able to check a few of the item locations. And guess what? You might even find the hook shot in Swamp Palace, which is mean but it definitely has happened to lots of people before so yeah it's It's happened too many times yeah Mm -hmm. i'd say it's probably the meanest vanilla item location yeah yeah because you know you you want to try to wait until you find the hook shot before you go to swamp palace if you know you need to be there which is why it's such a cruel joke when the when the hook shot is in swamp palace because you're probably putting off going there without it 
But if you, you know, if you have played this game a little more and you know that that's something to maybe look out for and you know that Swamp Palace has, you know, up to maybe even four items available without the hookshot, then maybe it is worth you going over there. So uh, it's, it's definitely something that happens. But that completes all of the items that you need to either do partial or complete clears of Swamp Palace. So let's assume we have all of those items. When, when's a good time to go ahead and make the Swamp Palace play? Well, uh, since we just established that you need a whole bunch of items to really full clear the thing completely, uh, I think even though it might sound a little bit ridiculous, the first uh, you know instinct or the first impulse I should say to go there should be once you have all the items that you need to clear that thing. I agree. Yep. Yeah. So another thing about Swamp Palace is, is that it has the most items of any of the dungeons in the game. Um, Turtle Rock has five, and then Mimic Cave. So some people kind of consider that six, but Swamp Palace actually does have six items just within the dungeon. So. It should be, in my opinion, you know, and maybe it's debatable, but it should be pretty high on your list of places to consider going if you can go, especially if you can full clear, because there's a lot of stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the classic decision that I've run into uh, in a number of seeds is if you have a choice between Swamp and Pod, what's the better choice? Uh, and it, I think uh, one thing I have learned, and this sort of goes against my instincts, is... You should probably, even though you don't want to, you should probably hit Swamp before you hit Pod. I think I would agree with that. Yeah, but then again, I just like Swamp more than Pod, so I think I'm a little more biased in my the way I prioritize them. But that is a really interesting hypothetical because it comes up a lot when you get that early Dark World access with the hammer. Those two are usually, you know, they're easy to get to right away if you have the hammer, if you have the mirror at least, you can get into both of them. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's an interesting conundrum. Yeah, I think mm, it's it's really hard to say because of course you don't know where your items are that you that you're looking for. So they could be in pod or in swamp, so it's really kind of a fifty fifty decision. But I think you'll find a lot of people will put off swamp as X just said because it kind of uh, you know it goes kind of against his instinct to n not go to pod first. But you'll see a lot of people go to pod first just because something that we'll be talking about in a little bit here. Uh, the doing a go mode swamp is an extremely significant time save over a full clear swamp, especially if you're considering left side swamp as well. Yeah, I think it actually, if you look at all of the dungeons, go mode swamp has the biggest difference between what a hypothetical full clear versus a hypothetical go mode time is. I'd say yeah. it's maybe tied with Ice Palace. Yeah, yeah so okay, yeah, you're right, yeah, ice might be a little faster, but it's, that's true. it's certainly very close. Mm -hmm. And those are two dungeons where you don't need the big key, so that's kind of why, you know, like you, in any other, in any other dungeon, you, even when you're in go mode, you have to continue to check chests until you find the big key, and then you can make a beeline for the boss. But with Swamp Palace and with Ice Palace, you don't need the big key, so you just go straight to the boss, and it's a huge time save, especially when you consider uh, two of the item locations in Swamp Palace are some of the slowest items to check in the entire game, which mm -hmm. we'll get to in a little bit. So, um, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, so one other ahead. thought on when you might want to go. I'll, I'll lay out a hypothetical for, for you folks. So let's say, let's not even say it's a crystal. Let's say you've got a pendant swamp, a crystal... Uh, Skull Woods, but you don't have the fire rod. 
and a couple overworld checks. Let's say maybe you've got um, like the magic bat to do and the um, the returning uh, Gary's lunchbox, yeah. uh, the, the purple chest. That's a case where I think you can make a really strong argument for going and doing swamp because Absolutely. there's not a lot of options on the board with with skull with swamp being or um sorry uh skull woods being the only other dungeon open and you needing fire rod you know you can't clear it and the two overworld checks you have are fairly slow and fairly out of the way mm-hmm. yeah that's just item density yeah the, the fact that they're all close by each other and, and there's at least four maybe even six depending on your items uh, yeah that that's a no-brainer to me too i agree cool okay let's move right along uh, again, so there's six items here and 10 item locations. So that should tell you right away, not a lot of keys. There's, there's just one really. So there's 10 item locations, including the big key, the map, the compass, the six items, and then one small key. But that key actually doesn't even matter because it is in a, so the first room of Swamp Palace has a locked door and you kill three enemies, the, the little skimmer guys, and it gives you a chest, and there's always a key in that chest because you need it to get in. So it's really like the simplest key logic in the entire game. Here's your key, open the door. It's just like in Aga One's Tower. You just So that's technically part of the dungeon, but since it always has a key, we sort of discount that. And it's really only nine item locations. Six items, the map, and the compass. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the big key. Yeah, of course. Of course. Though we don't um, really need it except for the big chest, as you mentioned earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and then there's that hint tile to the right of the entrance um, when you, uh, you know, when you come in. I did want to mention the hints uh, are pretty helpful when it comes to Swamp Palace. Uh, some of the ones that are available to help you out are pertaining Swamp Palace left side, which again we'll talk about in a moment, and the Swamp Palace big chest because those are two of the most annoying checks to have to make time for in the game. So a lot of hints, or, or, you know, two of the various hints that you can get, two of them will concern that. So make sure you pay attention to that. Check your hints before you get here because it could save you a lot of time having that knowledge going into Swamp Palace, knowing if you're able to skip left side or skip the big chest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's do our walkthrough. Let's let's say we... we okay, so we have to start in Light World actually for this. Yeah, so what you do to start out with is you're going to go walk in front of the Dark World Swamp Palace, and you're going to mirror back over to the Light World. Then uh, you'll go in to, uh, you know, raise the or lower the water level so that, uh, you know, when you do your first check, this is where you go. You push those three blocks, you check the one chest, you go and you pull the lever to see what item is under the water. Um, but you're going to need to do that to raise the water level in Swamp so you can get through that first little section. So you'll do that and then walk back in your little sparkly mirror portal. And mm-hmm. now with that setup complete, you can go in and actually start doing uh, Swamp. But uh, one little tip for y'all. Um, hopefully at this point you've got boots. Because uh, if you have boots, there's a little trick you can do when you open up the water. So... Yes. Um, if you start a boot stash while you are pulling the uh, the lever to release the water, you can actually charge up the dash while pulling, and then as soon as the pull is complete, you'll dash. It saves, I don't know, a second or two, but it looks really cool. 
Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things, it's like you can do it and it makes it faster. So it like, you should do it, you know? Yeah. And it's not hard to pull off. It's very, just, very easy. Just don't do what I do and start buffering your uh, dash input a little late and then let go. And once the water drains, you realize you didn't fully charge your dash and you just stand there like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've definitely done that too. Um, yeah. Don't do that. Uh, okay. So, so you, you're, you'll mirror, you'll go into the portal, you'll mirror back to dark world, you walk in and then now the water is raised so you can swim. Uh, go to the right, get that hint tile, go back to the left, and then this is the area I've mentioned earlier where you've got to kill three skimmers, uh, and then that makes a magic chest appear with a little do-do-do-do-do chime. You grab that, it's a small key, it opens up the locked door, and then you go down. Um, I've seen people take out all three of these skimmers with one dash attack. I, I'm not exactly sure of the timing of that. There's also a uh, spike that moves back and forth that you need to contend with while you time that dash, but... Uh, if you can, I would encourage trying to do that. If you can get them kind of grouped up, dash through all three of them, kill them all three at a time, obviously that's going to be a lot faster than chasing all three of them down and killing them one by one. Do you guys have any other tips for this room? Uh, I think the skimmer movement is kind of random. I'm not sure if they follow a set pattern or if they always just kind of try to beeline for you. But uh, yeah, that dash is really helpful. It just kind of you know, the stars sort of have to align. It's not that unreasonable to get it, but sometimes the skimmers just do what they want and it's impossible to all get them at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also skimmers will die in one hookshot blast. So if you've got your hookshot out and you're going in here with fighter sword or master sword, uh, that can save you some time. Don't they, doesn't it just take one fighter sword slash or is it two? I think it's two. Hmm. Uh, if I'm wrong, uh, please... Tweet at us or comment and let me know, and I will apologize next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely won Master Sword Slash. So if you, you know, since it takes so many items to get here, there's a pretty good chance you probably also have a better sword. Um, so yeah, but you know, and maybe you're doing swordless. That's it's good to know what what else you can use. That's definitely true. Okay, let's go down these stairs here. So as you walk down to the left the left side of the screen, you're going to see a bombable wall. If you're in go mode, you're going to skip this. Obviously, you're going to skip all items if you're in go mode in Swamp Palace. But if you're looking for items, there is an item location here. So you're going to pick up a bomb as soon as you get into this room, uh, run down and um, throw it at the wall and walk through that so that you can get your first chest. And this is the vanilla map chest. Mm-hmm. And this chest uh, can have all sorts of things that you don't want to see in that chest. You're going to be happy to pick up the item finally, but man, can it be a mean one. Yeah, you could see the hookshot in here, you could see the hammer in here, you could see the bow in here, gloves, uh, all kinds of things that will make you very aggravated. This is probably the single meanest place that the hammer could be logically. Would you guys agree? I can't think of a meaner hammer location. Because it takes so long to even get past all of that BS, you know, raising the water and, you know, the mirror thing you got to do, like, is and, and like, if the hammer's here, then like, okay, now you can continue on, because literally in the next screen, you're going to use it, uh, two screens uh, from here, but like, man, that's... It being in mire would be pretty bad, I think, just because that's so late. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I I can't think of 
that's it's a pretty let, let me put it this way if it's not the worst it's in the bottom tier of places you want to find the hammer mm-hmm. all right so there's there's one i wanted to talk about a little bit of uh, item juggling that you can do right here and i'm not sure what the answer is i thought maybe we could discuss it and maybe you guys can shout out to us and uh on twitter or discord uh if you were to get your hook shot out as you get into this room you can so the, the way that this bombable room is laid out, there's a chest and it's kind of a longer corridor, but it's the kind where you can instantly hookshot as soon as you walk in and you'll zip right to the chest and it's it's pretty quick. Um, and then there's a couple other places where you can use a hookshot after this part um, to make your life a little faster. The other thing you could do is not do that and instead use a menu, use a menu time to get your hammer out. And if you have the boots, you can actually do a hammer dash when you walk back into the middle of the next room and you'll see four skulls. Uh, the fourth one down has a key under it. So if you hammer dash through all four of those, you can land right on picking up that key. And it's like a really slick, cool way to just like clear the whole room. So even though a hookshot saves you a little bit of time if you get it out in that first room, and it'll also save you a little time in the next room, being able to do that hammer strat right there, combined with the fact that you need to hammer a peg down to progress through the dungeon in a couple of rooms from now, I, I think probably getting a hammer out early, especially if you already have boots, is going to be in your best interest to go fast here. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree with you there. I think getting the hookshot out in that room is not really that much of a time save because, yes, you get to the chest faster, but you're going to have to menu again pretty soon, if not immediately, depending on what you're planning on doing with uh, that hammer dash that you just mentioned in case you do have the boots. Uh, I think... Probably what I would do is uh, walk in normally, grab the chest, walk out normally, and then before the transition or just after coming back into the room, I'd menu to the hammer. Yeah, I think so. Axe, what do you think? Well, so here's the the issue I have with that hammer dash is it looks really cool, but in this long, skinny room, there are a bunch of skimmers, and there is a guy shooting red, uh, red balls at you. So if you go to hammer dash and one of those skimmers is in the way, which can happen, uh, you're just going to bounce off him and take damage because the game won't realize that uh, you're, you know, that's what happens when you hammer dash and hit an enemy. So I guess if you are fairly confident about your ability to line it up and get lucky, it works. But because the skimmers move randomly, you could be looking and say, okay, this looks fine. And then one of them randomly moves in your way, and there's no real good way of predicting it. Same thing yeah. with the the red, uh, you know, fireball getting shot at you. You know, if you take too long to line it up, you also could get hit in the face with a fireball. Yeah, yeah. true. And the un- the unfortunate thing about item dashing is, you know, when you dash normally with a sword, you can just run into things and just shred right through them. With a hammer dash, you're completely unprotected as, as you're doing that so that is a really good point and another good point to maybe foregoing the early hammer kind of situation is as i mentioned so you go you go into the next room here you've got to go uh down a set of stairs and then you walk into another kind of long corridor with the skull at the end of it and there's a key under that so if you already had your hook shot out from before and you walk into this room and you have your hook shot just use the hook shot and you zip right to this one so you've had two opportunities to do really quick zips so i don't know like I'm really interested to, to hear what, what people think and how people weigh in. 
uh, either one of them obviously it's kind of small like if you're just going as fast as you can you're you're in a good situation like don't don't fret it too much but for those of you who are really wanting to go fast and and you know like me are interested in knowing the absolute hands down fastest way uh maybe let's get some like experiments going let's weigh in i'd be i'd be interested to get more information on this uh, um, I also want to quickly mention, if you do have your hammer out from the hammer dash in the previous room, you can also hammer dash that skull uh, that has a small key under it, makes it a little bit that's faster. True. Could, that's true, you could hammer dash that skull right there too. Well, that's that's one that's one against the hookshot, I would say, yeah. All right, okay. Anyway, let's, let's move on. So you are going to get a key under that uh, skull. You go back out and then uh, back up the other stairs and... It is going to be a room with some pegs and a lever behind it. So this is the part of Swamp House that's hammerlocked. This is why there was only that one chest you could get before. So there's some staffos, just avoid them. You want to go in, hit the hammer peg, uh, and then push the lever. And that's going to raise the water level, which will allow you to go back in the room you were just in, jump in the water, move to the left, and then get in the short ladder that's only accessible from the high water. Um, so you head in there and walk into the next room, and that is the big chest room, which is kind of the main hub of Swamp Palace. So I'll hand it off to one of my esteemed co-hosts to take it from here. All right, well, the big chest room, probably the biggest room in this whole dungeon, I think. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that, but it feels pretty big. Mm -hmm. and uh, I would say so. there's a, a couple of things you can do here depending on your equipment if you do happen to have the hook shot uh, from the platform that you enter the room you can immediately hook shot upwards one of the skulls that are there there's a little platform in the middle with two skulls one that you can hook shot to and one hidden behind like two small little rails uh, if you hook shot over there and go to the right pick up that skull you're immediately met with a small key which is uh, exceptionally useful. Uh, Absolutely. If you do not have the hookshot, that's not the end of the world, though, because you can still continue forward with the dungeon. You'll just have to, you know, make a little detour in the room ahead, but we'll get to that when, we, when we're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's... Being able to have the hookshot is basically going to save you time, and not just because you can zip around places. It's actually sort of a strategic time save that you can get with the hookshot. Um, so by having this key that Herf mentioned that you can zip to right when you enter, um, it allows you to skip a couple of room transitions on the left side should you decide to do that. It also gives you the option to not even have to do left side. So this is gonna be essential if you're in go mode, uh, is getting this this key right here. Um, so, but let's, you know, let's, let's say we, we have all of our items, but we're looking for everything. So we did zip over there. We got that key. Uh, and now the, I would suggest heading down to the southernmost, uh, door and checking this item here. Mm -hmm. Max, do you want to take us through this little merry-go-round? Sure. So when you go down here, there's a, a nice room that you want to move sort of, uh, semis in a clockwise direction around. And, uh, if for some reason at this point you're low on health, uh, just know that all of the pots here, there's two of them, have guaranteed heart drops. Um, so you can pick those up or hammer them or whatever and get you some hearts. Um, so you can go through and accomplish all that. And uh, now in vanilla, this is where the compass is. But you can go in here and, uh, and open this chest up and it could be... It's really going to be a big uh, determinant of what happens next, because let's say you're in here 
without the hook shot and you open it up and hey guess what the vanilla compass was a hook shot well great now you could be you could be in go mode um but you can at least you at least have an option coming out of here but uh let's say that's not the case and you don't have the hook shot and you open it up and it's a big 20 or an arrow or what have you um unfortunately you've now got to do the one thing that every single link to the past randomizer runner hates and that's going left side swamp. Yeah. You don't have to, but I'm just going to say I think you should. You're you're already here. It takes so long to get back into Swamp Palace. You've you've come this far without your hook shot. Like it's time to face the facts and commit to your play and go get those last check those last two item locations on left side. So, let's do a left side check. We are going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say you have the hook shot, although we'll we'll tell you how to do it if you don't also. But this is just I, I'm just I'll tell you what I want to do. I just kind of want to just read this whole outline. Just, just like read it, and then we'll go back and talk about it. Because it, it's just all like very slow. So let's just like get through it. All right. So we're going through the left side. If you have hookshot and you got the key in the big chest room, head to the northwest door. Do not push the lever yet. Only hit the crystal. Then you're going to walk through the door to the south. We'll explain why in a second because it does deserve more explanation. Um, if you don't have the hookshot, then you head into the southwestern door. Uh, whether or not you have the hook shot, you want to head down the stairs and grab the key under the skull pot. Um, the room looks very similar to that last room that required all of that. If you had the hook shot, then you would go north to the room with the crystal switch. If you didn't have the hook shot, you have to go the long way around, which is back into the big chest room and up through the external door. Uh, double check, just make sure you're not about to flood that key. Uh, if you're sure that you're not going to push the lever to raise the water, um, uh, before you leave, hit the crystal switch one more time. Uh, you have no choice but to go back around through the big chest room and back into the southwestern door uh, because hitting the crystal switch means you don't have a shortcut between the rooms anymore. So the water's raised, so now you can go uh, above the unmovable blocks through that were there, head into the next room, push the Y blocks out of the way, head up the stairs, up to the first floor. Um, you're gonna hookshot up to that first block, push it out of the way, and fall down and check the west chest that's the first one of left side hopefully you have the hook shot if you do hook shot across the corridor across that pit and then you go check the second chest of left side which is the vanilla big key chest if you didn't have the hook shot you have to drop down and do that whole process again and then this time fall down the right side and then get what was in the vanilla big key chest yeah it sucks left it side sucks. swamp as you were saying left side swamp everyone wants to avoid it and without the hook shot everyone wants to avoid it even more just because yeah. of what you just said yeah so okay so let's let's go back and touch on a few parts of that now that we got all that out of the way you you know how to do left side if you have to do it uh i want to go back to this flooding the key thing because it is something oh that is definitely worth talking about on a, on a podcast about the, a to the past randomizer mm -hmm. oh, it is I mean, I'm not going to say it's the worst mistake you can make, but it's pretty close to the worst <laughs> mistake you can make. Because once you hit that that kind of finger switch and you pull the finger uh, and that is flooded, the only way to unflood is to completely leave Swamp Palace and then come back. Yeah. Um, which means you just lost a whole lot of time and it was just, you know, it, it wasn't an execution. It was a very dumb execution mistake you know it's not like something where oh, okay you're fighting you know uh uh moldorm and you just get knocked down and you lose you a little bit of time. time yeah that's this manageable is like, compared to this this is pretty bad this is like 
going in and dying in Agatower levels of, oh god, I can't believe this happened. Like, if I did it, I would go from cool as a cucumber to mega tilt instantly. Yeah, I, I would definitely, you know, reconsider my decision to go into Swamp Palace. If I flooded that key, I might even go so far as to mirror out and be like, all right, forget it, I'm coming else. back here later. Yeah, that's yeah. not unreasonable. So the takeaway here, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it happened. Here's what I'll say. It happens to everybody. If, if it hasn't happened to you, you just haven't been playing randomizer long enough because it will eventually happen to you. It happens to all of us, especially if you're streaming and you're talking or you're distracted about something. You'll just go in and you'll push that lever, but you didn't take the time to go down and get that uh, that key first. So you flooded it. Just always ask yourself, just double check. Really, it's almost good that you, if you do it one time, because you'll never do it again if you've done it once. Mm -hmm. You know, like you'll always be like, okay, I can't do what I did that one time. Is the key, do I have the key in my possession or is it under that skull still? Yeah. One thing to point out though is if you do have the hook shot and you got that first key, you can still finish your left side swamp play. If you flood that key, you just can't finish the, uh, the dungeon. That's true. Yeah, you just so you won't have that key, so you can't get through the locked door back in the big chest room. You can continue with your with your left side check, um, but again, yeah, you're gonna have to leave and come back in order to complete the dungeon. So, um, and yeah, as as I mentioned, you know, as we mentioned, having the hook shot means you can save a couple of screen transitions over there by going in that north door first, hitting the crystal, and then going down and kind of taking a shortcut through that room. Whereas normally you have to go in the southern room get the key from under that skull and then go back around and then go in the other door because that that is a locked door on the northwestern side there yeah so. and in vanilla you aren't able to get that key in the uh right. chest room at the start so it the developers were smart and realized that people could lock themselves out here but set up the dungeon in a way that it was impossible to do that without the hook shot but guess what it's randomizer so we've got the hook shot yeah and they also you know exactly yeah you, you said it exactly right so um okay so we we've, we've talked about left side uh at this point you should have uh if you have found the big key i shouldn't say should because there's definitely a chance you don't have it at this point if you do have the big key you're going to go back to the big chest room you want to check that on your way see if that's got an item in it um then you're going to whether you have that or not you're going to go behind the big chest and use the hook shot if you have it if not Unfortunately, you're done here. You need to mirror out. Uh, and you can mirror out because you had to have the mirror to come in here. So I can, I can say that with confidence. Um, but let's assume we have the hookshot. We're going to continue, finish this dungeon out. You're going to hookshot to the north of the room and go through the locked door there. Um, now we've got sort of a strange room with some, some push blocks. And you want to use your red cane, but you can't. What do you guys want to tell us what happens in here? <clears throat> yeah, so, um, so with this, you want to go to the left immediately. And you'll see there's a pot, a very suspicious looking pot in the upper left. Uh, I also like how they've got, uh, you know, a whole bunch of tricks here that uh, can really uh, mess with your head. But you, you just, this is the only one that is actually going to do anything. It looks like there's maybe other statues you can move, other things you can do to activate the door. But it's, it's pushing this statue onto this uh, block in the corner. But here's a little, a little speed trick for you is, uh, you know, it looks like you're going to need to go up there and grab the pot first and then push the blot, the uh, statue. But if you push it straight up to start, you actually will be able to, if you stand just right uh, near the pot, uh, pick up the pot through the statue, and that can save you a couple seconds. 
By the way, Axe, let me know when that hot pocket's done. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Um, yeah. There's no way to edit that out, so okay. everybody enjoy that microwave noise. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, anyway. I apologize for that. We're, we're uh, <laughs> trying to get our uh, our breakfast uh, all made before we go on to all good. Uh, yet another trip. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Yeah, uh, anyway, good. but so yeah, this room it's 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 a little strange because you you even though there's a push block, if you try to use a red cane and you go off the screen, it'll just disappear. So you do have to use that that statue in order to get where you need to go. Because it's actually, it's the door on the right side of the screen, the one on the left-hand side of the two doors that are there um, that yep. you need to go through. Two doors will open when you hit that switch, but that's the one you want to go through. The other ones are not necessary for randomizer. And uh, just for a little call back to our pod episode, remember guys, if you're pushing that set you up, Keep moving left and right, but try to keep your left and right movement as far as possible and try to push straight up as little as possible because you only get the speed boost when you're moving diagonal. Excellent point. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, okay, so now we can go through that door. Uh, there's a little C-shaped room with a jelly. Just uh, hook shot through it or dash through it. Um, don't get shocked or maybe do. Maybe you don't care. Uh, next up, you come to a room that has uh, a, just a big pool in it and a lever. Just push on that and it will drain the water. Um, quick aside, this is my favorite sound effect in the entire game. I'm going to I'm going to drop it in right here. It just it's so satisfying because it's got that like you know like water like going down a jug or a drain. It's so cool. Okay, so now the water is lowered, which is good news for the next room coming up. See, if you're playing this in vanilla, like, you go through a room and you you see, like, oh, there's two sunken chests. I need to figure out how to drain the water. And you do this puzzle and you figure it out. We already know all of this. So we're just like, okay, we know that we need to flood that. Eventually, we'll come across those chests and they'll they'll be unflooded. So Yeah, uh, like, this is actually set up. So remember that statue that we just pushed? It opens a door right next to the statue and the vanilla way you know if you've never played link to the past before is you think oh okay i go through this door and then you go through all this and then you see that no you have gone yeah. through this wrong yeah so we obviously this this is the uh brady games speed strat pro or whatever <laughs> <laughs> um so that's going so you lower the water you head down the stairs uh the next room you can go north and that's going to take you towards argus or you can go south and that's going to have two really quick item locations right there. And they almost always have items. I love this room. There's two chests here, flooded room left and flooded room right. Now, if you are lucky uh, and you've been paying attention, there is a very small chance you could skip these chests. If you have not yet seen your map or your compass and you've been checking everything, you could gamble on the fact that they're both in there and then maybe this next chest and Argus both have items. It's a pretty big gamble, but I only mention that because I've actually seen somebody do it one time and I was, I was very impressed with them. But anyway, normally you're, you're going to want to go down if you're not in go mode, get these two chests and then dash back up the corridor and then through that north door. And that's going to take you to a room with a bunch of waterfalls. Yep. And uh, in that waterfall room, you'll also encounter uh, quite a few of those skimmers. Uh, they're not that bad, as we mentioned before, but they can be very annoying. I'm not sure how, but I always get hit in that room. Like, these guys are just snipers. Yeah. But... Uh, Unrelated to that, you'll also see three blocks on each side, so six in total in that long hallway that you're in uh, with, you know, a little bit of water on the floor. And you can push the third block from the left. Uh, I don't think the direction in which you push it matters, 
Uh, usually, no, I don't think so. Usually people push it upwards just, you know, because you're walking that way anyways. And that will make another chest appear. Uh, and again, as Tim just mentioned, uh, depending on how many items you've already got or what you're looking for, you might be able to skip that chest. Uh, might just be a map or a compass. But, uh, you know, let's just assume you're, you're going to want that. So push that block, grab that chest, and then you want to walk all the way to the right and... Uh, Another little trick that the Zelda makers put in here, you're gonna have to walk uh, through the second waterfall from the right. There's no indication that there's a door or anything behind it, you just gotta try it out and suddenly you get a little bit of water splashed on your head and ta-da, you're in the next room. Yeah, this is another spot where there is an actual door on the left, but all that leads to are some pots, and I actually don't even know what's in those pots. Yeah. I've never um, seen anyone go in there. I've yeah, never it must seen not it be anything good. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the next room, the one that Herf just mentioned, that has two hearts in it and I think a bomb. I think bombs magic. are on the other. I just put, I, I made a note of the hearts because that's really what, that's probably what you're going to be the most interested in picking up. Those are on the left-hand side as you walk in. I think mm -hmm. the right side has bombs. Oh, uh, there's yeah. one bomb skull and one five-arrow skull or something like that. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. I've never anyway, picked so those yeah, up, up on the right there, side. You're not going to need them here and now, but, you know, maybe you're low in general and you want to stock up. Um, cool. Okay, so you're you're almost there. You're going to walk through this door, uh, and it's, I think you go up some stairs, if I'm not mistaken. But mm -hmm. the next room, yeah, it's got, like, a big river and a few skimmers. And these are probably the most annoying skimmers in the entire game. And I'm pretty sure this is RNG, the way they move. I'm just going to tell you the best thing to do, uh, in my it, it, as far as I can tell, you just walk in as fast as you can, jump into the water, swim north as fast as you can. You want to get on the island that's to the right of where you walked in. Under that skull right there is a small key. You need that to get into the next door. You want to do all this very fast because if you do, you'll probably avoid that skimmer. But sometimes, even if you go as fast as possible, you might not even avoid it. And here's the reason you really want to go fast is because once it reaches the ledge there where, you know, right next to Link, you are going to hit it and it's going to damage you. So you're trying to get to beat it and get there before it does. But if you wait too long, you there's no way to avoid running into it. And it's just really annoying. Um, yeah. If, yeah. If you're doing like one hit mode or you're really low on health, you can try to like bait it over to the left first and then do this because Link can swim faster than the skimmers can move. But it's really annoying. Mm -hmm. So, but it's, it's a small thing overall. But yeah, exactly. If you're low on health, which, you know, at the end of a dungeon, it's very possible. Be careful here. But you're going to grab that, uh, that key and then there's a current in this water. So you're going to swim very fast uh, to the left and then jump out where you see the locked door. Go in there. Uh, and then head in through this uh, small corridor here and then come out in Argus's lair. It's Argus time. Yay. Good old Argus. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yep. So when I, I gotta say, when I was a kid and I played this, I called him uh, Cotton Candy Man because it looks like he's surrounded by cotton candy. That checks out. Yeah, kind of works. I mean, it's I think in, in general in Rando, usually Cold Stairs, the cotton candy boss, but I can totally see Argus being one too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. The developers were very hungry, I guess, when they made these bosses. <laughs> that, and they had a weird thing with eyes. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's either <laughs> so you know, cotton candy or eyes. It's like either super existential horror or, you know, little kids sweets little from candy. the fair. Yeah, <laughs> only one or the other, exactly. Just mixing them is, is the true horror. Um, okay, let's let's put it down. So you have to have the hookshot, obviously, uh, to even get this far, but you also have to have the hookshot to beat Argus. And I suppose that is worth mentioning now that we have things like Enemizer um, and, and Chaos Enemizer that you know mixes the bosses around. So mm-hmm. you have to have a hookshot in order to defeat Argus at this stage. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. you're going to do, uh, you need to use the hookshot to draw off these little puffballs. Uh, but then once you draw them off, they change color and they'll slowly float back towards Argus. And that's your chance to damage them and kill them. So depending on what you have, it, there are different strats here. Um, we'll just kind of go through the, the most common ones. If you ha- if you only have the fighter sword, um, you have to use spin slashes to work. And I would recommend trying to get two at a time. You can actually charge up your spin slash with a strafe and then use your hook shot while you have the charge, slot, uh, charge spin uh, uh, charging. And then use a hookshot to get one, and then take a step, a side step over, use a hookshot to get another one, and then release your spin slash, and you'll kill two of those puffs in one hit there. Um, it's not the easiest thing to do. You know, this whole time Argus is moving around, he's moving towards you, he's trying to kill you, he's the boss of the dungeon. Um, so he doesn't exactly make it easy for you, but with enough practice and, you know, enough know-how, you can eventually kind of work out your choreography so that you can, ultimately your goal is to try to do this in one cycle. Very difficult with the fighter sword. It's definitely manageable with the master sword, which only takes one spin slash, uh, or, or, or it takes two slashes or one spin slash. Um, am I saying this right? Does the fight? Can you do? Uh, does one fighter spin slash kill them, or was I wrong just now? No, one fighter uh, spin slash kills them because it's a double hit. Nobody knows why. Right. But okay. With the fighter sword, you manage to double hit them when you spin, so it kills them immediately, and uh, that's really the the best way i would say to attack this whole thing with the fighter sword in hand yeah okay i was i was worried i was saying the wrong thing for a second uh with the master sword so with fighter sword a slash doesn't even work it just it just goes right through them uh with the master sword you can slash but it takes two slashes so even with the master i think a spin slash is going to make sense tempered and golden one slash will kill them so that's faster than worrying about all the like you know charging up or whatever just slash them now if you don't have a sword uh, or you're not confident in your fighter spin slash strats or whatever, uh, you can use the hammer and you're going to have to watch a little PowerPoint. This is the dreaded <laughs> slideshow. The menu boss. The menu yeah. boss, yeah. <laughs> so what you can do is you get your hookshot out, you hookshot a puff, and then you go into your menu, you get your hammer out, and then you slap, you slam it with a hammer and that kills it. But now you got your hammer again, right? So you got to go back into your menu, get your hook shot again, hook shot another one, go back into your menu, get your hammer. So it's it's like just like just like over and over with the menu. So the the one thing I find funny about the slideshow boss is because everything ends up being like a single frame that you can hit the hammer on. I've actually seen people, you know, in terms of where Argus is in his position finish the boss faster on slideshow mode even though it takes longer like argus is is almost it's almost easier to one cycle argus if you're doing the slideshow mode than it is without because you have all this pause buffering (laughs) yeah that's true that's really good point that's funny uh one thing i want to quickly mention as well is uh 
that once you come into the boss room, uh, Argus will be above you, or like to the north of you, I guess. He's not above you, he's just above you in a position kind of way. But um, once you start hooking things immediately, especially if you only have a fighter or a master sword and you can't kill the puffs fast enough, they will hit you. So either try to kill them as quickly as you can, or be aware of the fact that if you hookshot a puff downwards to, to you, uh, it will definitely hit you in the face. Yeah, definitely. So, and, and we mentioned cycles before. What what Argus is going to do just normally if you don't attack, or even if you do attack, once it gets to a certain point, it'll stop what it's doing, and it will rotate, it'll like throw all of those puffs that it still has remaining around it, um, kind of uh, out from its body, and any of those that hit Link will damage it. So the other bummer about that is you can still get hookshot, you can still hookshot the little puff balls off of it, but it is locked into that animation until it's done. So, you know, you could have one left and you are killing the puff while it's in the middle of that animation and it'll just sit there because it thinks it's, you know, whipping these things around its body for a good two or three seconds before it finally goes into phase two. So obviously just another reason to try to do this as fast as possible as if you weren't already trying to do that. Um, but yeah, the, the less amount of cycles that Argus gets of those spins, the, the faster it's going to be. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to phase two, the speedy diagonal boy. <laughs> I don't. Nobody calls it that. I just decided to write that. It's for a some new reason. name. Yeah, so, speedy, I like the it. SDB. It's a go mode original. Speedy diagonal boy, the SDB. Um, so after it finishes, you kill all the puffs. It's going to jump up to the ceiling, and after about a second or so, it's going to try to come slam down on Link right on right on Link's location. So it's very easy to avoid. There's a shadow that shows you what's coming and everything. Um, most people, I think the easiest, if, you know, I, I would say is just charge up a spin slash, take a quick sidestep when it falls down, release your spin slash when it, you know, when it, as soon as it falls down and you can hit it. Uh, once you hit it, it'll go back up into the ceiling and you just continue to do that until it's dead. I think two tempered sword, you can do it two times with tempered sword. Uh, it takes a few more with master and obviously quite a few with fighter. Um, but that's probably the easiest way. There are some cool, definitely some cooler ways that you can do this too um don't forget about silvers those are uh valid here those will work so you can use a silver arrow and kill argus with one hit there's also a really cool uh fire rod strat that that some people have figured out that they can use when you guys want to try to explain this i don't fully i don't think i've ever pulled it off if i'm being honest I uh, I can try, but I think it's very hard to just explain it with words without being able yeah, to see just what's go happening. Watch that one, true. <laughs> I, yeah. it, it looks really I can, cool. We can try to give like a quick overview, but it's easier and much more. I don't know. It's easier to figure out and to understand when you can actually see what's happening. But the gist of it is, uh, you kind of try to lure the drop from the ceiling from Argus down into a corner. And then uh, spin him so he gets hit against the wall. So you get a double hit in with your spin. And whenever he gets hit, he kind of freezes for, I want to say, like half a second or something like that. And while he's frozen like that, you can get up to two fire rod shots in on him before he jumps back up on the ceiling. So if you do it perfectly, you'll double hit him with your spin, fire off two fire rod shots and hit him both times and basically kill him immediately. Yep. So yeah, I yeah just maybe check that one out, but um, it's it's got to be the fastest way because I see a lot of really uh, strong runners do that, mm -hmm. um, and it, it does, again it looks really cool. But yeah, the the silvers will work uh, if you just decide to go at it with some tempered slashes. It's not so f slow, but 
if you're someone who just needs to go fast all the time, then, you know, that's that's for you. So, all right. So we killed him. Uh, go ahead and collect your uh, crystal slash pendant slash whatever. Uh, and then you probably got some decisions to make because if, you know, if you were doing a full clear, then fine, you're done here. But normally, you know, in a normal race or run, you might have skipped left side. You might not have got the big key until literally just now. So you couldn't check the big chest. You've got a few decisions to make. Number one, if I skip left side, do I want to come back and do that? Number two, if I skip the big chest, do I need to come back in and get that? So do you guys have any sort of advice or tips about when we should maybe come back or when we should maybe not? I know <laughs> um, it's very, uh, you know, situational, but yeah, uh, I would say pray that you don't have to make this decision. Yeah. Then everything's <laughs> a lot easier. Uh, it's it's a really tough call because it's you can very frequently by the numbers skipping left side and or big chest is the right play. But because, because it takes so long to reopen everything, even though it might be right by the numbers, it might not be the thing you want to do because it's like, well, okay, think, I think about it this way. There's, there's two schools of thought on this. Here's the first one, and this is the one that I kind of fall into, is this takes so long to redo, I, I need to just get these checks out of the way now, and... You know, because otherwise, if I don't, then I'll I'll lose um, if I have to come back here and do it. That's one way to think about it. Second way to think about it, which I think is actually slightly more intriguing, is I'm going to skip this. And if I lose because of it, then I lose. But all the times that there's nothing here, I win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if I... I mean, I think they're both pretty compelling arguments. But, uh, yeah, this is, that's exactly, yeah. it's pretty much what we said on, in the Tower of Hera episodes. You're actually, Herf said it, and it, it really stuck with me. And I think the same thing applies here. It's like, if you're in, say, like a qualifier, and you cannot afford to be orphaning checks and finding out that go mode was somewhere really obvious, um, or, or somewhere that you, you know, a lot of people skipped, it's going to be better to be more thorough and maybe lose like one or two spots compared to someone who gambled on that and didn't check it than it is to be one who skips that and then finds out that there was something there and then lose like 10 or 15 spots to other people who were more thorough. So on the other hand, if you're in a race and you've got a lot of other locations that you could check, but then, oh yeah, by the way, you've got these two in left side Swamp Palace. If, if you have a lot of other options, maybe go ahead and make a little bit of a gamble and and skip that. I mean, you could always regret it. That's just the nature of randomizer. But if you're playing the odds and playing the numbers, maybe, you know, like if you haven't done Hype Cave yet or something like that, like get your butt up to Hype Cave and check that. I don't know. That That's just kind of how, how I feel. It's, yeah, it's situational, I, but it's, I, yeah. I think you also need to consider your own psychology. And this gets into talking about like avoiding tilt and things like that. Like you need to know about yourself like if i skip left side and there is an item here how tilted am i going to be am i still going to be able to execute <laughs> yeah. or am i going to fall apart if the answer is i'm going to fall apart then even if it's right to skip it don't do it because then you're definitely throwing away the run uh if you know that you can play with your way through it and stay calm well then maybe it is okay because you know the one thing to, to think here too is even though my thinking psychologically was um was uh you know 
just accept that you lose if you skip left side, that yeah. might not be correct because your opponent could be doing all kinds of crazy routing things that mean that even if you skip left side, it doesn't cost you that much time to go back and get it. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, so go mode with this. We've actually kind of been giving asides to talk about, oh, if you're in go mode, you do this instead of that. And we've been, I think, pretty, you know, pretty vocal about the fact that this is a very different, you know, go mode than it is a, nor a full clear. So I think we've made ourselves pretty clear about how, how to do that. I don't think we need to go in too much detail. Can you guys think of any, you know, things to keep in mind when you're go moding as opposed to, you know, what we've already discussed? Uh, I think we covered pretty much most of it. I mean, the first and the most obvious one and that everyone's going to be like, oh, Herf, why are you even saying this? But you obviously want to skip all the chest checks, which, you know, that's kind of the the meat of a go mode, I would say. So, it's yeah, you know, I mean, it's kind of I obvious. Guess... One thing to say, though, is, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this, is let's say you're going in here and you've only got a Master Sword and no Silvers. Do you think it's worth it to go and check those two chests, those two flooded chests and the one chest uh, on the way to Argus? If I have Master Sword and no Silvers, I would say Absolutely. But I'm yeah. also kind of a scrub. I know? mean, yeah, it, it really <laughs> kind of depends on how comfortable you feel with a potential Master Sword Silverless Ganon. Uh, I'd say the the chest, the waterfall chest, is a definite check because it really it costs you like what three seconds, maybe five if you're super slow. But uh, the two flooded chests are a little bit more of a hmm, should I really? Because you're kind of going out of your way. It's still not a huge time investment, but it's, you know, it might be significant. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to consider this one complete. I don't know why I said that like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right, guys, so let's wrap this thing up. Uh, a couple things I wanted to mention. First of all, uh, we had a lot of really interesting and fun responses from people to our quiz episode, uh, the last one that we released. So really glad uh, you guys liked that. For those of you who did, we had some fun discussing that in the Discord, uh, some people weighing in on some of the things we discussed. Uh, definitely some discussion about boomerangs, about red boomerang <laughs> versus blue. Uh, yeah, Axe and I got maybe a little bit, a little bit of guff for our, our love of the red boomerang. And I will never recant fine. my love of the red boomerang. It's Very good. You should friend. get, you should get all the chastising you need until you finally convert to the true side of the blue boomerang. <laughs> but it's so Look, sparkly. I know it's not faster. I just, it goes further. It's easier to use. I don't know. I just, I'm, it's the one I grew up using. What can I say? Um, but no, yeah. So that was that was cool to see. We we had a lot of fun with that. There were some other people who sent in some uh, other ideas for questions and quizzes and things like that. I think that's something we'll definitely come back to. Um, yeah. Because I had a lot of fun and it seemed like seemed like people people were into it. So yeah. But thank you guys for sending those. Um, specifically, I'm going to give you guys a little pop quiz. Did you know this was coming? No. I only just read it in our you little outline You saw it on the outline here. just now? Good. Yep. Yeah, I, I saw select quiz questions from VTorp, and I thought you were going to say, like, oh, VTorp had some questions, and we'll talk have them in the next quiz episode. So I did not know you were going to ask it. Yeah, well, I wasn't sure if I wanted to or not. Um, I We didn't get a whole lot of email. We did get a really great email from Kern, actually, and I'll be completely honest with you guys. I checked it. 
uh, right before we started, and it's a pretty long email, and it deserves a little bit more of my attention than trying to just like read it all out loud right now. But there are some quiz questions in there that I will definitely take a look at. We might we might um, try to tackle before the next episode or during the next episode. Um, and it, it looks like there's some really cool information, some more stuff about uh, item logic. So I might do kind of what we did last time, put that in a paste bin, see if we can get that out available to people. I saw there, there were there were quite a few views on that that one that we published last time. So people people are looking at them, which is awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's right at my alley, you know. So, yeah. but yeah, Vtorp reached out. Um, he listened to the last quiz episode, and I guess he participated in like a. Um, some sort of like game show, he was saying. As we know, if, if you listen to the VTorp interview episode, he's a real renaissance man. So he's, he's, <laughs> he does a lot of stuff. I yeah. guess he was like running a uh, running some sort of game show at some point about A Link to the Past. So he sent this over, and I thought some of these were, were kind of cool, so I figured we could, we could read these. Some of them are very, very easy. I'll read the very first one for you. How many sages sealed Ganon away? Uh, seven, right? Seven, yeah, and of then they course. had seven daughters, yeah, or granddaughters, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, and then like one of them, I'm not even gonna wait for your responses. What are the names of the Light World dungeons? So I, I wonder if maybe this was something written for like casual, like casual gamers or like people who maybe played it when they were a kid. Um, but as I said, they do get a little more difficult. So let's take a look at some of these harder ones. Um, Ganon does not take damage from the Master Sword when slashing, but you can beat Ganon with Master Sword spin attacks. How many total Master Sword spin attacks are required to defeat Ganon with nothing else? Do you guys want to do uh, take a guess at this number? Like, to, like you're talking not just like in all the phases, all phases. Oh God, uh, I know it's a ridiculous amount. It's, it's and... insane. You guys want to take guesses? We'll see who gets closest. Okay, so let me let me think. So it's twenty four in the final, you know, uh, cycle where you're doing silverless, and you have to hit him in the knee. Uh, it's okay. Then you're needing four from the section before because you just need to hit him once each time. So that's twenty eight. Then I think I'm, it's. I'm gonna uh, go with fifty two. Okay, Herb says fifty two. I used to know this, by the way, which is even more embarrassing. <laughs> and then, well, so at this point, I'm at 28. So if it's if it is 52, then that's 12 on each of those. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but I'm definitely not sure about it. I think it's not. I don't think it's 12 though. I think it's like 18 or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it could either be more or a little less. I'm definitely not sure anymore. So it okay, might what's, be what's maybe 28 plus 36. Uh, sixty-four. You're gonna say sixty-four? Yeah. Okay, and then Herf said fifty-two. Mm-hmm. Herf, you got it exactly right. Boom! Whoa! Yeah, Herf, man. I had it somewhere in the in the back of my head. That was exactly right. Very, very good. So it's twelve, twelve, four, uh, twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's cool. That yeah, I'm very impressed with you right now, Herf. Um, I am too. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here's a couple. There's a couple more uh, cool ones. Um, here's one. The magic powder is really interesting in that it can transform many enemies into other things, generally slimes. Which of these things turn into fairies? This is multiple choice. A. And? The old woman in Kakariko Town. B. Bubbles. C. 
B's, D, A and B only, so Old Woman and Bubbles, or E, all of the above? Uh, all of the above. Uh, I think all of the above is correct, yes. Yes, it is. That is true, all of the above. So, Old Woman in Kakariko Town, I've literally never seen this. Yeah, I, that surprised me. The only reason I knew that that was true when the question came up is because I know bees do it, and I know bubbles do it. Um, and I forget what the... I was kind of hemming and hawing because I thought the lady might turn into a chicken instead of a fairy, but apparently she does turn into a fairy. Um, Yeah, so that's... I've never seen anyone do that, but I guess if you really need a fairy and you're in Kakariko, just hit up that old woman or whatever. Yeah. Um, Okay, I've got one more. I think this one... Okay. um, uh, Actually, I'll start with... I wonder if you guys know how many are on this list. How many non-invisible, unique... Things slash NPCs can follow Link. Oh boy! Uh, okay. okay, so you've got. The... I'll, I'll let me give. Let me. I'll give you multiple choice because I I want to hear you guys. Li- I don't want to hear you listening. Well, yeah, I, I was I thinking I could we go could back and list forth. them out. Yeah. Okay. So... Well, so is it three, five, eight, nine, or eleven? It's not oh, three. It's way more than three. Yeah, it's more, more than, than three, but it's definitely not so many. I think. So. feel like it's eight just because i think five is too low okay so x is eight i think it's five okay it actually is eight so oh, yeah, yeah. So G- let me, let me see if i can list them all all right yeah let's now let's let's do a list uh okay. who, who started on the last one uh x did, I did. okay all right her if you start all right so uh, i'll start out with zelda <sighs> i was gonna start with zelda <laughs> um okay uh jeremiah uh yes uh the purple chest mm-hmm the extortionist monkey. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of ran into a road bomb, so I had four, and I thought, well, one more is probably right. That's why I guess five, uh, so I have no idea. Uh, it's the big bomb. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, okay, what? There's three more that can follow you. Um, I mean, uh, do, do you guys th- want to hit? Do thieves count? I kind of follow you, not intentionally. No, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah, they're not like mapped to your... Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys want a hint? I mean, I'll take a hint. I already yeah. didn't think of yeah, the big bomb. I, I feel like... I know it's eight. I said it was eight, but I can't think of other things that follow you. Okay, there's one that's in Light World before you get to Dark Oh, the old man. Yep. Uh, of course. Yep. All right, there's two more. Uh, another, I'll give you another hint. There's one that's in a dark dungeon. Oh, uh, the maiden blind thieves yeah. town. Blind. Oh, good, good yeah. call. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. And then this last one, I'll be honest. I don't think it comes up in randomizer at all. So I'd, I'd be really surprised if you guys got it, but I, I do vaguely recall it from vanilla. Uh, hint. Um, it has to do with the South war, the South dark world tour. The lunchbox tour. Uh, hmm. So I already said Jeremiah. We already said the lunchbox itself. Um, you said the purple chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there you guys a, give up? 
I certainly. I yeah, mean, I I can't think of what it would be does, that's involved in the tour. So does, tell me if you remember this because I have a vague memory of this. Although I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't played vanilla in quite a while. Uh, once the uh, the purple chest thief unlocks the purple chest, he follows you around. Really? So the purple chest thief can follow you. Yeah, is it? He's like, hey, I want to retire somewhere. Can you show me somewhere to retire? And like, he follows. What? You. I, don't I don't remember, remember that. At you don't all. remember that? I'm, I'm pretty sure that happens, and it is on his list here. So, uh, yeah. So that that's the eighth one. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, enough. good questions. Yeah, there are some more of these, but in the interest of time, that I you know we just kind of handpick some of these. Um, I'll go ahead and publish this if if that's okay with Vitor. Um, I think that'd be cool to let everyone see these, maybe, you know, challenge your friends and family, take a look at some of the ones that we didn't look at. So mm-hmm. thank you, Vitor. We very much appreciate that. Thank you also, Kern, for the email that you sent. Um, we're wrapping up here. Axial, uh, what are people going to do if they want to see you play Randomizer? Uh, so if they want to see me play Randomizer, you can follow me on Twitch. That is SA underscore Axial. Um, but if you want to come into the discord you can chat with me there sadly our slot machine that everybody loved is now broken all right slot machine but you can flip coins or get dad jokes or do other fun things yeah Yeah. (laughs) all sorts of stuff like that yeah what about you herfy well if people want to see me play randomizer they uh can ask me for my bank account information and after transferring an appropriate (laughs) amount of money maybe i will play a randomizer there you go. <laughs> on a more okay, serious note, uh, you can find me at uh, Twitch TV slash Herfy Durfy. I've been slacking pretty hard on that. I have to admit, so I haven't been streaming in a while. Yeah, uh, of course. I, uh, you... Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I was gonna say I've been doing the same thing, Herf. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but uh, you can of course also find me on the Discord. I'll be around and uh, keep the masses entertained. Uh, yeah, yes. I think that's those are probably the two surefire ways to reach me excellent and i am also on twitch twitch.tv slash temp underscore uh i did have some of those challenge cup races i was running um and then i i've been still you know even with taking a little bit of a step back i still have been doing the weeklies once a week and i gotta be honest i'm, I'm kind of coming out the other side of all the busy stuff i had to do so i'm seeing a lot of randomizer in my future in december i'm i'm, I'm missing it and i'm, I'm ready to watch a lot more and, and play a lot more and i hope to see you guys there as well be yeah, sure hoping, to yeah sorry was, go ahead I was, I was saying i was hoping this week i might be able to get a uh, get a seat in and stream it and remind everybody that i exist um, <laughs> chris you know, with christmas and all this in december it's uh, gonna be a little crammed but i would like to uh, at least get one or two playthroughs through yeah We'll, we'll, we'll get them in there. We might even have some special uh, holiday bonus type stuff for you like we did with Thanksgiving. So more, more to come on that. But um, be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter at GoModePodcast. Uh, send us your emails. We'd love to read some more of those. Uh, email at GoModePodcast.com. And then uh, as my esteemed co-host mentioned, uh, consider follow, uh, joining our Discord. We have a lot of conversation in there. It kind of goes beyond what we talk about on the episodes with folks um, that are there. Uh And I actually wanted to take a quick moment as we finish up the show to shout out uh, one of the members of our Go Mode podcast Discord who goes by the name of Dancy. Um, We mentioned him once before on the show when he left a review for us, but he just did something recently that I thought was (laughs) really, really cool and I wanted to uh, shout him out. Um, Dancy, in addition to being a very uh, talented randomizer uh, racer and player, 
uh, is also a very accomplished DDR player. And what this madman has done is hooked up his DDR uh, dance pads to a Link to the Past randomizer. And he recently streamed himself doing a Triforce hunt of randomizer with his inputs being two DDR pads. Um, <laughs> it's, it is insane. It's really funny. Honestly, it was really funny. Really impressive, too, uh, the, the coordination it took. But highly recommend that. I'll put a link to that video. Hopefully he has that to YouTube um, by the time we publish this episode. But just wanted to give that a shout out because it was such it was so cool to see somebody doing something creative like that. Um, so so everybody go check that out. Alright, that is gonna wrap it up for us. Again, thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you again in a couple weeks. Time to mirror out.